Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 28th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Olivia Dolphin about her writing and Jurassic Park fan fiction. Then I follow it up with a continuation of my conversation with James and Steve from Jurassic Unicast, this time about their fan fiction story that they turned into a book. And lastly, I'll wrap things up with some of your suggestions for Jurassic Park fanfiction in our poll segment. Now, we're skipping the news this week since I'm out traveling, and we actually have a little bit of a Jurassic Park fan community meetup down in Disney. Uh, You've got me, you've got Jennifer Tarek, who you've heard here on the podcast, and Josh, who you may know as at Nublar7 on Twitter. We're all meeting up, and we'll, you know, I'll probably have a report for you sometime soon as soon as I get back. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I've also got a meetup with at Indian Marion on Twitter. Uh, that's going on tonight. So uh, I'm sure you'll hear from him soon here on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned. But anyway, let's just get right into the conversation with Olivia Dolphin, followed directly with James and Steve from Jurassic Unicast. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where Olivia Dolphin will join me to discuss fan fiction, followed by James and Steve from Jurassic Unicast, with a chat about their original Jurassic Park story. This week I've brought in Olivia Dolphin to help us get a better understanding about the world of fan fiction, and in particular Jurassic Park. It has a huge library, and I know Olivia is part of that library. So uh, how you doing, Olivia? I'm doing really great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. I, I want to get down to it and uh, figure out you know, this entire world because mm-hmm. it's really outside my scope. So I, I yeah. want to get to know, uh, you know a lot about it. And I'm, I know a lot of listeners are, are, you know, have been uh, you know, wondering the same thing. So, but before we get into it, like usual, I want to ask you a question. And I think, I think you've got a good uh, sense of you know, how, to, how to answer this one because mm-hmm. I want to ask you, if you're stuck in a kitchen with a raptor, what do you do, and will you make it out alive? Oh, man, if I was stuck in a kitchen with a raptor, oh, man. I don't know. I'd probably try and, like, find food and, like, distract it with food. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I would make it out alive, though. I'm not a very good <laughs> runner. I don't run very fast, but I would try to distract it with some food or try to eat a last meal before I died. Okay, maybe. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tough. I mean, everybody likes to point out the movie scenario being stuck in there, but... You know, they they made it out real lucky, and, and they were, uh, you know... They did. They, yeah, that wouldn't happen to everybody, so... No, no, it wouldn't. I'd probably try and find some french fries. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's, like, a chef in there, you know, to help you out to... Uh, I know. <laughs> ...make some, some awesome food to distract the, the uh, raptor. Yeah, that's fine. That would be my plan. <laughs> 
So uh, why don't you fill people in on what you do within the Jurassic community? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I saw Jurassic World in the theaters and, uh, and at the end of it, I saw it with a good friend of mine and she turned to me and she goes, are you crying? <laughs> and I was <laughs> sobbing. I don't know what it was. The movie just, um, you know, nostalgia is in and, this, and uh, I don't know, I just got super excited about the movie. So when I went home, um, after seeing the movie many more times, yeah. I, you know, started to go on Tumblr and I was getting more into Tumblr and, um, and hanging out on the Jurassic World tag and the Jurassic Park tag. And, uh, and I saw that these people were writing Jurassic World fan fiction and I started reading it. And the cool thing about Tumblr is that they do these, um, they're called imagines and they're okay. these like bite sized imagined uh stories like imagine if you were on jurassic park and you got stuck on a ride like that's kind of a a bad example but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know and then you kind of take it you take that that little bit of somebody else's imagination and then you kind of write it you write it for them so okay um or you can you can make up your own scenarios and write so and then the what i write is all in second person so um you're the reader can really put themselves into the story, which is something that I really like. So it's almost like this um, choose your own adventure feel yeah. too. So that's so I started seeing people were writing them, and I said, wait, hold on, I can do that, and I can do that in 15 minutes before I have to clock in for work, or I, I can <laughs> do that, you know, before bed, and I can keep up with this. So uh, yeah. I, yeah, so I started started a Tumblr. Uh, I started a Tumblr, and so that most of my fan fiction lives lives on my Tumblr. So okay. yeah. So did you get started in fan fiction prior to Jurassic World? Yeah, yes. Um, I started writing fan fiction in 2005, I would say, because I I was a huge Harry and still am a huge Harry Potter fan. Yeah. And uh and I would sit in my math class and instead of learning math, I would write like Oliver Wood fan fiction. Um so <laughs> So yeah, so I wrote a little bit of fan fiction in in high school. Um, kind of as a, like escapism a little bit for sure. Yeah. Um, and then kind of started doing my own writing, like moved moved away from fan fiction a little bit in college, and just was writing my own fiction and my own poetry and things like that. Um, and then now, and then I don't know, I don't know what happened with Jurassic World. Something <laughs> something was released inside of me oh yeah and i get back into doing this yeah i think the franchise will do that for you you know it's 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 so rich in content you know from from the four films and you know just the films alone you have so much to pull from so i think it's a great source yeah it's it's really fun to dig into um like ingen and um these old storylines that you can kind of bring back and play with and kind of imagine where the franchise is gonna go um, and then these little tidbits of information that get released just through uh, deleted scenes or with the the, um, the movie coming out on DVD and you know more people are getting involved and more people are seeing it and um, so what was the um, it was kind of like released through a little video game that Owen Grady's character used to train dolphins in the military okay so and with my last name being dolphin I was like I have to I have to write something about this. So I wrote this little scene where he references like having trained dolphins and um, Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was like, oh, no wonder why I love this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess it it's basically like an there's like an itch you need to scratch when it comes to continuing a storyline, or mm-hmm. or is it more so that you would rather make up something fresh? I I like to. Oh man, this is where I guess it gets kind of embarrassing. Like <laughs> when I was really young, you know, and I loved Star Wars, I used to imagine myself in like the Star Wars world. Yeah. Um, and used to kind of play around with that like really young like that when I played pretend like that's what I would kind of play pretend as so now as a 25 year old adult like this is a good way to like yeah you're right like scratch that itch mm-hmm. um, but I also think that like it's so I'm very involved in the Harry Potter community and I I work for a convention called GeekyCon and it takes place in Orlando oh, awesome. it's a multi-fandom convention but with roots in Harry Potter mm-hmm. um this year I actually um, decorated I decorated um, one of the the rooms to be like a Jurassic World room oh Oh, yeah so and then everybody loved it and there was a lot of Jurassic World cosplay and it was really cool Mm -hmm. Um, so I can because I work for the the conference that's how I contribute to the Harry Potter fandom in in a couple different ways so for me I wasn't quite sure how I could contribute to this Jurassic Park community Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to write these little stories and maybe make somebody's day because they're reading these like 500 to a thousand word fan fictions you know at the end of be a rough day like that and they're just um they get to hang out with some dinosaurs for like 15 minutes you know (laughs) like that to me is just really special so it is a little bit about giving back and um participating in the community and i think everybody's got a story that matters to them so being able to continue helping people love this little world has been really fun. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned maybe it, it's embarrassing or anything like that, but I, you know, I think you're in, you're in good, you know, uh, community here where, you know, we all probably did the same thing. Like I know I've, I for sure ran around the woods, imagined raptors were chasing me or, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Zelda is one of my favorite video game series. And I just imagined myself in that world. Uh, so much. So I, I think, you know, many people in this community have done the same thing. So, you know, many people might not be able to to uh, start getting into something like this without feeling embarrassed, but I think they're, they're it's safe. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good yeah, way to start. Yeah. yeah, definitely not the only person that's going around a lightsaber, like <laughs> yeah. a 10-year-old, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think I did it, like, prior to recording this with you. Yeah. So you mentioned Owen a bunch of times. Is he is he one of your favorite characters to write, or is there another favorite character? Uh, I well, okay. So I really like writing Blue as the Raptor. Like, mm-hmm. I just I think it comes from the fact that I've always loved Hedwig as a character, and I find Hedwig, you know, as kind of the sidekick owl to be very similar to like this idea of of the sidekick Raptor. So mm-hmm. I really like writing um, Blue. Uh, with her and then a lot of the other raptors they're so sassy so that can be really fun um you know and kind of recreating that scene a couple times where where you know chris pratt's character is like don't give me that don't give me that attitude and like back (laughs) up and like all this really fun stuff so um i do like exploring the character of owen grady a lot as well um i think that his character wasn't explored necessarily to its full potential which is kind of like a bummer yeah. when you look at think about the movie but a positive as somebody that is a fanfic writer because there's a lot of layers to add to it so oh definitely yeah um so so do you get into um the other films at all the other characters or just uh, jurassic world i stick to jurassic world i do okay. i gotta um 
I st- I needed to start somewhere and then I never left. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you said though. They they gave you the outline with Jurassic World, and they definitely didn't touch upon everything that could have. So I think you're right. There's definitely a lot to pull from, but there's a lot to um, build upon. Yeah, exactly. And it's been fun. It's been super fun. So do you have um, characters maybe that you've made up for the series? Or is this are you relying you know, straight on what we've seen? I mostly, um, because everything is second person, the reader or the narrator kind of ends up being this this new character. Um, and one of the things that I really like about doing that is you can kind of leave it as a blank slate. So you can still get emotion and a lot of funny dialogue and um, like you know, in into the character, but you don't necessarily have to describe them and you don't have to gender them. So anybody that reads my fan fiction can really feel like they're dropped into the story. So I really like that. Um, because I mean who wouldn't who wouldn't want to like have been in this movie or go to Jurassic World and like feel you know, ride through the gates. So to be able yeah. to provide that has been it's been fun. So um so that's fun. But I do notice sometimes, you know, and it happens, you're a writer, but I do put a lot of myself in my fan fiction. Like I think about it, what I would do if I was in that situation. So, um, but it's kind of fun. It's fun when people will message me and say, Oh my God, I love your writing so much. Or I had a bad day and I read, you know, I read this piece again or people reblog it and they say, Oh, this is my favorite one. And it's just like, Oh wait, hold on a second. Like there's other people like me out there who, you know, want, want to be in this world for a little while and want to hang out with me and want to read my writing so yeah absolutely and i think you know the fan community is so awesome and we're all working together to kind of build something so you know whether it's it's somebody telling you they love your stuff or or listening to this podcast it's always great to hear that feedback and uh (laughs) one of the things i was going to ask you is how do you deal with criticism if, if you get any I, I don't get any. Oh, but wow. that's super good. Happy about. I know. I mean, how? Yeah, I'm super happy about that. Um, I think one of the cool things is that a lot of my friends. So at first, I I was like super secretive about it. I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I don't want anybody to tell me any of their feelings about me writing fan fiction. I just want to do it. So I started yeah. kind of um, doing it, and I didn't tell anybody. And then I was like, and then I started getting like a hundred notes or a hundred likes on oh, my. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I gotta tell people about this. So <laughs> I started telling my friends, and my friends were reading it, and they were, and my friends had, I don't share my writing a lot um, until it's like polished and like ready to go. So my friends were reading it and telling me they really liked it, and then I put it on my Twitter, and then from there, um, it's been smooth sailing so far. It's been smooth sailing. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I'm sure with time, you know, with anything, if you if you put it out there for long enough, you'll get the people who love it and the people who hate it. So yeah. it's yeah, you got to learn to, I guess, uh, accept it in a way and not you know not let it deter you because yeah. eventually it it happens and it may not because be because you know your writing's bad or or because something's bad. It's just because it's not somebody's thing or you know or you just got the wrong person. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think if, if somebody's getting into it, they just kind of have to let let it happen and, and push through it, really. I do have a friend that um, they help me, like, uh, make it kind of gender neutral or, um, like, so everybody can enjoy it. And, like, that's always a, a learning curve and always a, a process on um, 
and I'm always trying to get better at, at making it gender neutral. So that's something that I'm actively working on. Nice. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like, what kind of threads have you gone down in terms of story without giving anything away? You know, let people read your stuff. But uh, what kind of storylines have you have you uh, gone into? Yeah, uh, I love. Ooh, that's a really great question. I love the idea of the islands reopening and under whose control and what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I have gone back in time a little bit to when the raptors are first imprinted either on Owen's character or maybe on another character and how that plays out with um, work relations. Um, And it's also fun to kind of explore some more romantic storylines because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all have a little crush on Chris Pratt. So so I like to explore that for sure. And that's, that's been fun to kind of be a, a little bit of a ro- romance writer. So, yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the things you just mentioned was, uh, you know, doing a little bit before the movie. And I kind of like that aspect. There's uh, potentially like over 10 years worth of material we could go, you know, since, uh, since the park has opened. So the park, I guess, opened 10 years before the movie. So we have so much time in, in between to kind of flesh out these stories. So I think this is an awesome way to try to... Uh, you know, kind of complete that in your mind. Yeah, and connect connect the dots, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of blank blank space to work with, which is which is cool. Yeah, and uh, you get a lot of that from um, you know Owen and Claire uh, mm-hmm. when when they first interact, or even before that, when Mazrani uh, you know says there's a, a navy man on the island, you can see that look in Claire's eye, like oh here we go, mm-hmm. and then and then once they get together on at, you know at his. Um, at his little uh, trailer there, uh, we definitely sense more to the story that we don't exactly get there on the page. And, uh, you know, I'd really like to know, you know, what their date was like before that when yeah. he's wearing his board shorts. And, and, you know, I just want to know more to their story as well. Me too. I wish I could have seen that. There's um, there's an interview with Bryce and Chris, and they they talk about um, that that scene and filming that scene and how the as actors they had a conversation about what they think that the date was um, mm-hmm. to play out that scene and I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that conversation like, <laughs> because they clearly the characters and the actors clearly had two very different um, takes and interpretations and uh, and it was fun to see it play out on screen but oh man I wish I had I wish I had that I want to know so yeah that it's there's so much there and um you know, you can only get so much from these behind the scenes that they give us. They didn't really fill in too many gaps, um, but they they maybe sort of did. I don't know if you watched all the behind the scenes. Did you get a chance to do that? I I haven't yet. I think I I started to. I think there's a couple I'm missing. I haven't yeah. chance to watch yet. Well, this one I think it was. Yeah, actually, I think it was from a deleted scene. Um, it was one where they're. It's towards the end of the movie where they're at the Raptor Pen and they're about to to go, you know, out into the woods to search for the Indominus. And um, I think Claire says, like, oh, so this is who you've been spending all your time with. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one. I watched it a couple times. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that to me, if if that had been in the movie, that would have sort of, like, laid a little bit of groundwork because we know, like, maybe they did interact a lot more and he didn't pay any attention to her. He was too busy with these raptors. So maybe she was really into their relationship, but they never really got a chance to do anything about it. Yeah, there's a story there, and it's fun. It's been, 
um, you know, interesting to think about and explore. Yeah. So are you into the other films at all, or are you just focused on Jurassic World? I love the first film. That's definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it in a while. Um, I should do that. Um, yeah, you gotta I get on first- it. There's something so so genuine and enjoyable about it, and uh, you know, and I grew up with it. You know, I, so I grew up with two older brothers, so my childhood was like Dragon Ball Z, Star Wars, Ghostbusters. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't really have a choice, but it, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> it was an okay choice in the in the end. So Jurassic Park was definitely there. Um, I used to get so scared though like what is it in the second or third movie when they're in the cave and then the waterfall turns red because yeah the second one oh man that gave me nightmares for like years <laughs> um but i definitely love the first the first like with the jeeps and the scene in the kitchen and then the you know and then with the the children and like they're really fun and sassy and she's mm-hmm. like this this badass hacker like i love the, i do love the first film for sure yeah so it leads me to this because a lot of people um, are down upon Jurassic World and they almost see it as a fan fiction version of, you know, a, the continuation of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you, you would say it's a good continuation, but do you see that fan fiction aspect of it or do you disagree completely? I, I do see it. Um, I think one of the reasons why I love Jurassic World so much is that it is a little problematic, so there's a lot to strip apart and, and take apart and really analyze. I know um, a couple episodes ago I talked about Zara's character. Um, yeah. And I think that there's a lot that this movie could have done better, and I hope that they, especially with character building, I hope that they, they focus a little bit more on that in the future. Um, but I can see, especially with the storyline being so incredibly parallel to the first movie i think it feels so similar um that it almost does feel like a retelling or a fan fiction version of itself like it almost can be a par- like feel like a parody of itself but mm-hmm. i also think that this movie tapped into a very special nostalgia um with the raptors and um like the funny the the humor and like all the little easter egg throwbacks um you know, one of the cool things on Tumblr is, like, these side-by-side GIFs of, like, the first movie and the second... Or the first movie in Jurassic World and, like, um, the scene where the helicopter flies to the island, like, is very yeah. reminiscent of the first um, movie. And also, one of the things that I really love is the soundtracks are oh, so similar um, with the solo piano melody line. Um, and I think having those aspects in Jurassic World, for me, just made it really special so yeah. I, I can see where people are coming from but I also uh, in, enjoy telling them that there there's another side of the story yeah I, I think you really can't help but have that fan fiction quality to the film because it's basically you know 20 something years later and obviously not all the same people are working on it we've got a different director a different uh, you know composer with the soundtrack mm-hmm. so a lot of this stuff is going to be based on what they heard and what they saw in the past. And, you know, they grew up upon this stuff as well. So, uh, you know, you can't help it, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So say, for instance, you know, Jurassic World didn't exist. Um, where would you have gone with the series itself? 
Oh, what a great question. Where would I have gone with the series? Um, maybe I would have flipped it. So you're not looking at the corporate side of it. You're looking at like the very human side, like people like you and me that like want to hang out with dinosaurs and maybe, um, maybe people kind of that shouldn't be making dinosaurs, like try to make dinosaurs. Um, but I think witnessing that human desire to explore the past, um, not from a fit, almost from the fan, from the audience point of view, I would have maybe explored that, and maybe we'll get a little bit of that in the in the um, upcoming movies because they talk a little bit about what our relationship is with these animals that aren't supposed to be here. So, um, I think that's where I would have gone with that. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think the relationship between the characters, like say for instance, uh, Zach and Gray. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of, I think that's the perspective you're talking about, right? Like kids who just are going to the park or, or yeah, just want to experience these things. Kids that, that want to experience this but can't because the first couple parks went so terribly wrong. True, yeah. Uh, and and where what kind of mishaps come from, from people that shouldn't be <laughs> exploring this technology, like um, dealing, yeah. just wanting a dinosaur pet really bad. <laughs> well, I kind of think we got like, a small version of that with uh, the opening of Jurassic Park 3. Um, you have these two characters on the outside who who don't seem to know much about it. And they're just, they take their little um, parasail and mm-hmm. end up on the island. You know, they don't know what they're doing. And obviously yeah. one of them dies. And it's just, <laughs> it's kind of chaotic. So it's interesting to see people on the outside get yeah. introduced. Yeah. Do you uh, Do you ever worry about spoiling people on your show? Um, you know, no. <laughs> Good. You so know. I did a panel at Rhode Island Comic Con the other day, and we were okay. talking about old Harry Potter fan theories, like wacky ones, like Ron being Dumble- a time-traveling Dumbledore. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that clearly didn't, wasn't true. But uh, <laughs> there was this little girl in the back, and I didn't know she was there, and she was only eight years old, eight or ten years old, and she was reading the series for the first time, and we spoiled, like, almost oh. the whole series for this girl. And I, I'm, like, tearing up just thinking about it. I felt so bad. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, you can't help it, especially Harry Potter. It's been out for a while now, and, and you know, the books, definitely. The movies, mm-hmm. maybe a mo- little bit more recent, but, uh, yeah, you can't no. save it for everyone, I don't think. And, it's such a bummer. Yeah. In, in the beginning here, we would... You know, I, I don't think there should be any spoiler tag for the first three films because they've been out for so long. But maybe, you know, when it came to Jurassic World, I gave it, a, you know, many weeks, maybe a month or two before we actually started digging into it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can save everybody, but, oh, man, that's got to stink to be I know. Uh, you know. Oh, I felt so bad. Yeah. Uh, so what about, do you, do you write fan fiction? Have you ever written any fan fiction? You know, I... I haven't, not no, not not when it's come to this, but I kind of, you know, dig into it more so, I guess, in my head, mm. you know, trying to understand, um, like, for instance, what happened to to Grant and Ellie in between those films where mm. they, they were together and now all of a sudden they're not, and, uh, man, something like that is, is prime, like, real estate for writing or yep. to, you know, conjure up these ideas, yeah. and those are the things that I like to think about, you know. You know, what are these characters doing? Because we don't see them all again. You know, there's so many characters that just disappear, and then that's it, you know? So, man, but that's that's about as, my, you know, as far as my extent is. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can write something. 
Maybe you know, you I, I've, I've been thinking about it, actually, so it, it might be time. I think this is uh, the, the push I needed, right? Yeah. Hopefully, right? hopefully many others, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have, like, a favorite story that you've written or you've read within the Jurassic Park fan community? Well, for a while, Taylor Swift's 1989, I was listening to a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Taylor Swift's 1989. And, uh, and the song Out of the Woods... Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. It's it's my favorite. It's and, possible. Uh, yeah, out of the woods, and I was listening to it, and I was like, "There's a story here," and the only possible way to tell this story that's in my head because of this song is is on an island full of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so I I like to kind of twist the meaning of certain songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that that's been really fun, and then. Um, Taylor Swift. So then I was like, Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams music video came out, which I won't judge you if you haven't seen it, but you should watch it. It's very good. And uh, a little problematic, but very good. And the male love interest in the video is like wearing the same shirt that Owen Grady wears or Chris Pratt wears when he's working on his motorcycle in that clip with Claire. And I was yeah. like, well, there's a story here. <laughs> uh, so. So I, I've been I've been enjoying like twisting these like pop culture um, songs and like layering them over um, Jurassic World. Like it feels very very like tongue in cheek and very funny to me. Um, yeah. Kind of like my own little my own personal joke. But then I talked so about like you get these nuggets of like information about either the dolphins or um, what's another real just a simple lot you know and like the one thing I love about fandom in general is that all it takes is this like morsel of one line for everybody to obsess about and um so like you know you kind of find this um owen's character really loves tequila and he's like who doesn't drink tequila and so you kind of build this habit of of tequila drinking you know around this character because of that one line um so that's been fun to kind of to look at these little uh these little nuggets and these little morsels and and turn them into something much bigger. Yeah, that's an awesome point. You know, it it suggests a lot of a history between him and, you know, you just don't get it. But this is this is an awesome way. And I got to I got to direct people, you know, where to find this stuff. So I I found that. uh, What is it? uh, Fanfiction.net. Is that that's a good source for stuff? Yeah, fanfiction.net is good. Um, the one that I really like is um, called Archive of Our Own. Okay. Uh, they're a nonprofit, um, so completely like kind of crowdsourced funded. Archiveofourown.org, I think. It, it's also called AO3, Archive of Our Own, AO3. And, okay. uh, and they're really great. And they also do a lot of work in protecting fan works. Um, because you know oh, there's yeah. it's dangerous. You know there's a lot of copyright laws out there, and you got to be really careful. Um, and, and really know your stuff as, as somebody that, as a writer who, you know, also writes fiction, like I would never want to encroach on anybody else's territory, um, illegally. So, <laughs> um, so, so Archive of Our Own does a lot of really great work um, to, to protect um, being able to create fan works. And then also um, there's a website called fanworksarefairuse.org um, and that's um, led through the Harry Potter Alliance and that's a campaign to kind of educate and destigmatize fan works um, and protecting them if need be um, since all of the copyright laws are kind of um, going through Congress right now and being edited. Um, so that's cool. And then Tumblr's also a really good place to find fan fiction. Um, 
which is surprising. You wouldn't think about that when you think about Tumblr. I just think about scrolling like endlessly, <laughs> like gifs or gifs. I don't yeah, know. yeah, lots of gifs. Yeah. Um, so Tumblr, I, I really enjoy doing that. Um, I think it's it's really great to connect with people, kind of instantaneous. Yeah, there's seems like there's a lot of sources. I, I just kind of scrolled through fanfiction.net recently, and I found like there's a lot of headings and titles of, of I guess the um, the works you know that they've done and some of them you know they, they bounce right off the page and I'm like oh, I gotta check that one out so <laughs> I'm definitely interested and all these people can go to these different locations to find them um, and you brought up a really interesting point about the um, the uh, you know if you write you know your own content and then you know somebody else writes something similar there's all these laws that exist that that help them and I think that website that you mentioned that's really cool that they kind of help to um, you know let people know what's what the deal is when it comes to laws and stuff like that yeah it's really great and and fan works are so important i think to a fandom and you know even if it's if it's fan fiction or if it's if it's drawings or comics Mm -hmm. um all of those have a very special place in fandom and in community building yeah um so to protect them is is important and uh and fan works are fair use there's a there's a you can sign up for an email and, a, and sign a petition, and um, there's a really great frequently asked questions page. Um, so if you're if you're passionate about fan works, then you should you should check it out. Yeah, and it makes me wonder as well. Like, do you come across a lot of people maybe getting upset that maybe their story was used by another uh, writer or or even in a film? Do you, do you find that a lot? Um, I think. There's a, there can be a disconnect. I, some some authors have spoken out. Um, you know, J.K. Rowling, of course, which she loves. I think she really likes fan works and enjoys it, especially when such good comes out of it. Like um, like the Harry Potter Alliance is, is a nonprofit that um, helps turn fans into heroes. And, um, you know, Jo has, has spoken out and said that she loves when her messages and her stories really translate into all of this like actual good in the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I bet there's, there's a lot of people out there who write certain storylines or premises and maybe it's something that comes true, you know, maybe not so much with Jurassic because we've only had four films to kind of, you know, bounce off. But I think you mentioned Taylor Swift before. I think recently somebody just, you know, wrote a song that Taylor made a new version of it, and it, you know, kind of is, uh, you know, in a, a little battle right now. So mm-hmm. you can see that stuff happening a lot, no matter what the area is. Yeah, Taylor also she's she's really good about sharing covers of her songs and being in uh, and kind of retweeting people that cover her songs. So I think that that's an interest. It's almost a similar way. Like how how come somebody can sit on YouTube and strum a guitar and sing somebody else's song? Um, and it's fine and it's cute. And then I, I write Jurassic World fan fiction and there's like the stigma over it. So yeah, it's so touchy, you know, like it's that, that's a really good point you just said, because those are essentially the same exact things mm-hmm. doing those. But one may get in trouble, one may not. So, mm-hmm. man, that's <laughs> I know it's, it's a good thing that there's there's people out there who know what they're doing with this, yeah. you know, these websites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what would you suggest to somebody who's brand new to fan fiction, either writing or reading, but more so writing, what would you suggest they do, um, you know, to get into this? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, take a shot of something if you drink and then just go for it. Um, (laughs) like I just, you just gotta go for it. You just gotta, um, 
something that I like to do right before I write is to actually consume something from Canon. So uh, like I was on a flight down to Miami the other day and our flight was delayed. Listen how beautiful this is. Our flight was delayed for an hour. And so okay. I was flying into Fort Lauderdale the day that that dynamic airline was um, was set on fire or oh. caught on fire. So my flight was delayed yeah, yeah. and uh, understandably so. <laughs> and uh, so my flight was delayed an hour and um, they made all of the in-flight movies free. I was flying JetBlue okay. and I just had this like feeling in my, in my gut. And I was like, I bet, I bet. And I was flipping through the movies and Jurassic World was one of the in-flight movies that was free. Yes. So I, <laughs> I was like, well, this <laughs> two and a half hour flight just got real good. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, so the movie ended, and I, you know, and I was, I had all these ideas all, all over again of a story that I wanted to write. Um, so just on my phone, I wrote, I wrote a little like 500 to 600 word like little ditty, and um, and was able to post it once I had Wi-Fi. And so, so that would be my recommendation: is to consume canon, consume something from what you're writing about, whether it be. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, or maybe the Marvel Universe, or even Harry Potter, like open up a book or, mm-hmm. um, and, and just get to it and just take a deep breath and do it yeah. and don't edit until it's o- over, until okay. you're done writing. Yeah, that's what, that would be my, my recommendation. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, maybe many, maybe many people think it's kind of daunting to get into it, um, but you said you kind of just do, you know, 15 minute incre- increments and just kind of mm-hmm. get into it. You don't necessarily like write out a full novel, do you? Yeah. So, I know. So I, I'm not that's a good to, aspect. Like, right. <laughs> not trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume that's got to be a ton more work and a lot of editing and a lot more criticism, probably. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people are spending a lot of time to read these things. So, I think it's awesome if you can kind of do these little bite sized things and release them every so often, maybe continuing your story, but splitting them up so it's kind of more manageable. Yeah, a lot of people on Tumblr will do like part one, part two, and then, you know, so they're telling a much larger story, but kind of releasing it in, in, a, in like this chapter by chapter, part by part. So. Yeah. So you mentioned canon, you know, a minute ago. Um, when you write these things, do you kind of, uh, you know, when you go back to the movie, do you consider these writings canon? Like no, in your mind? Uh, for me, no. Yeah. Because um, I know that there's a distinction between what I'm writing and what is actually accepted as. Um, yeah the movie so uh, but I really like to weave that's something I like to do is kind of weave around canon so a lot of my stories don't necessarily have to change what happens in the movie Um, I can just weave it weave it in uh, which which I like doing yeah I know I know people like to kind of um, you know hear something or read something and then consider their head canon so it's it's (laughs) not real it's not the you know physical canon but like for instance that um, Chris Pratt is the the kid from the original movie yes. in the beginning, like yeah. something like that. You know, you can kind of consider it canon in your mind, but you know, when was. it comes to it, it's not really. I wish it was. <laughs> I know it was kind it of a really interesting one. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that came out right when the trailer hit. That was like everybody was like, "Oh, is he the yeah. kid from the first movie?" <laughs> so, and I think as long as it doesn't like, um, you know, get you know destroyed in a film like if you if you have an idea in your head and then they they throw that away somehow by disproving it in the movie then you can kind of always consider something headcanon unless they disprove it in the movie so yeah 
So, you know, if you want to think that, that's perfectly fine. And, you know, you can kind of consider that because nothing in Jurassic World, you know, deleted that from existence. Yeah, and I think with canon and, and with movies and with books, especially, like, once they're out, once they're released, they really belong to the consumer and they belong to the reader and the enjoyer. And, uh, and that's something that I struggle with um, because I want to know every single thing. Like I said, like, I want to know how that date went. I want to know everything about it. I want that scene but uh but we don't have it so i get to imagine it and i get to think about it and i get to explore it and on my own and that belongs to me and that belongs to my readers um and that belongs to the fandom so yeah it, it's it's cool that, i think that's the best way to sum it up you know it's it's our story so we can write we can you know make podcasts we can do anything about it you know and it's ours to own forever so you know i think that's an awesome way to put it yeah yeah so where can people find your stuff, either on Twitter or, or Tumblr? Where can they find you? Yeah, come come hang out with me. Um, on Tumblr, it's Owen Grady and the Raptors.tumblr.com. So kind of a little bit of a band name. So um, Owen Grady and the Raptors.tumblr.com. Like Coming soon as, as, a, as a rock band. Um, just kidding. <laughs> That's not going to happen anytime. Anytime. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at LivyDoll, L-I-V-I-D-O-L. I tweet a lot about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I tweet a lot about this idea that wizards can explore space travel. So get ready for that if you want to follow me on Twitter. But I do I like tweet a lot about Jurassic World and, and, um, and raptors and dino things. Um, and then I've been exploring Archive of Our Own. Um, it's the same as my Twitter, LivyDoll. Um, but there's not much up there yet. So um, if you want to come read my fanfiction, definitely my Tumblr URL is the best place to find that. Awesome. Well, I highly suggest everybody go check that out. And I'm sure we'll have you here on the future. You know, either you submit like a, a segment like you did about Zara or we have you here on, you know, as a full segment. So it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not getting rid of me. <laughs> I just love dinosaurs too much. So Of course, yeah. That's why we're all here. Cool. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been really awesome. Thanks. I was recently on an episode of the Jurassic Unicast podcast. Make sure to check out that interview with James and Steve through their channel on YouTube. Just search for Jurassic Unicast and subscribe. And welcome back to Jurassic Unicast. I am James, one of your hosts, and I'm joined with... Stephen Hurrell. And we've got a special guest today. Say hello, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's a little adventurous. Definitely, 100%. Because I'd love to just go down Main Street tramping on everything. It's just one of them sort of games you just get a thrill out of just destroying stuff oh yeah so we could sit there for four hours and watch a film you know what i mean how easily do a jurassic yeah. world hardcore fans edition who do you feel is the best characters out of the whole franchise i gotta pick malcolm to be the best character good yeah, so you, think, you think it's gonna go mainland then i think so yeah i think yeah. it's just gonna be unrestricted dinosaurs but i'd love to see like a pride of lions um defend a territory against a pack of raptors yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, amazing. Thanks for coming on, Brad. Been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at JP underscore till underscore I underscore die.
Now I'm going to drop you right into the middle of a prior conversation with James and Steve about their original story. Take a listen. What hasn't been mentioned is actually me and um, James has also wrote a novel. Oh, really? Yeah, on a sequel to Jurassic Park 3. Okay. But uh, okay. it's written before Jurassic World was announced. And we've gone down the lines of a Spinosaurus as well, but we've adapted it more, well, it's more of a realistic version of the Spinosaurus, where, because the Spinosaurus is actually, like, very territorial. Yeah. And the way Jurassic Park 3 showed it is um, the Spinosaurus wouldn't actually travel that far away from its territory just to attack these humans yeah but, that's right um, we do see that thing just going you know from one end of the island to the other and uh, i guess that wouldn't be accurate then no no and its main diet is fish as it's a um okay. hunt in the water so yeah there's quite a lot of debate regarding the spinosaurus yeah so um, what other details are, are in your uh, your book there yeah the book is um we use a uh, carnotaurus as well We've got the pair of Carnotauruses that actually turn invisible and use camouflage like wow. the yeah. Irex. Yeah. yeah. And um yeah, that's a there's a couple of really good dinos dinosaur attack scenes in there as well regarding the Carnotaurus and the T Rex. It's yeah, it's kind of like an an apocalypto type um look at it look at things. If where we, we wrote the book before the Jurassic World uh, anything to do with Jurassic World came out we just literally thought Steve what do you think of this idea yeah yeah it's alright and we kind of put pen to paper and thought of the different bits and bits about the, the book that we'd like to include and then kind of put it in a chronological order so make it make sense <laughs> and and we thought well we've it's the first book that we've ever written we wasn't really sure on how to how to sort of do it we kind of thought well Let's, let's do the book like as if it was a film and the pacing that a film would have so you've got one scene after another scene and then it'll go back to the scene that it left from and then back so it's almost back and forth so you're never in one place for too long but you're not in too many places that you, you've forgotten what you've read if that makes sense yeah yeah um, and it's a real page turner because the chapters are only small aren't they yeah and um the main characters we used are all the original cast from Jurassic Park 1. So you got Alan Grant, Ian Malcolm, Ellie Sattler. Um, <laughs> but where it's, but Brad, where it's set in 2013, isn't it? I yes. think it's 13. Huh. 2013. Okay. The, the, the kids in the film are obviously adults. Yeah. So Tim is now working at the museum with Alan Grant. Um, well, how we visioned their characters going. Yeah. Um, um, Lex Murphy works for a big industrial um, building uh, company in the city and she basically runs their technology for them because she's into her computers. <laughs> yeah, so I, I headed that. that route for it. Um, and she basically gets scouted from Lewis Dodgson, not Lewis Dodgson, Richard Dodgson, his son. Oh, there's a reason yeah. for that. Um, and we, because basically, we, Lewis Dodgson, obviously, in the novel or the second novel, he dies, doesn't he? Yes. You've read that, Brad, haven't you? You've read the Lost World novel? I have, yeah. I actually. Yeah, you know Lewis right Dodgson dies, doesn't he, in the, in the Lost World novel? Yeah. We kind of made that a little bit canon in our book as well. So we kind of a mixture between the movie universe and the, the novel. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, he gets lost. The, it's in the, in the little uh, description in the back of the book, I think, actually. It says Lewis Dodgson 
uh, went missing on an expedition and never returned. His son, <laughs> Richard, has then taken over the company. So, um, yeah, you've got that side of it. And he's also making animals on the mainland at the same time. So, naturally, things go wrong there. And they start... I'm trying to tell you without actually telling you the book. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> don't t- give it away. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they tell you kind of... Um, it kind of they let's just say they start breeding and it goes a bit chaotic and they have to deal with two scenarios now where <laughs> Dodgson has scouted Lex and wants him so wants Lex to work for him on the island doing a certain project which she's not aware of that she's actually doing okay. they tricked her um the others find out have to retrieve her some way and so you've got chaos going on on the island and you've got chaos going on happening off the island that the government and the navy the army and all that side of it have to deal with so you've got that happening so almost like an apocalypse style yeah so it's almost like two stories that they actually blend into one and it ends up finishing on a conclusion but it could could be open for another book but I think where we haven't been able to able to sort of uh, due to copyrights and you know the name characters and things where we haven't got the permission, we can't sort of publish the book. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we've yeah. made it into we've made it into book form for ourselves. We just got it printed into a book, and so oh, then wow. we've got a copy of it, which is really cool. Okay. Um, it's got it's got my artwork in it as well, which is pretty decent. Wow. I like that. So that's awesome. Um, so- but it's just gone. Carry on. Uh, is there anywhere that like people can maybe find it or or anything like that? Um, Steve, Steve could it's, probably do it, couldn't you? Yeah, it is on um, a fan fiction website. Okay, uh, it's actually fanfiction.com. If you look for Jurassic Apocalypse, that's ah. the uh, title of the book. Um, yeah. The logo is the same as the one that we've got here. You know the Jurassic Unicast logo that we've yeah. got. Yeah, I basically adapted the the logo, changed the Unicast, and put it as apocalypse and that's the name of the book that's the cover as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that again, sounds awesome. you type in a Jurassic Unicast on the fan fiction website that should be our account and there's just one book on there it's about how many words is it about 80,000 I say it's about 80,000 52 chapters I think it's, wow. it's quite thick it's about as thick as the first Harry Potter book wow jeez <clears throat> yeah <laughs> Um, That's amazing. To be um, honest, to be honest, Brad, like we could probably email the the file over to you. You could probably read it personally if you wanted to. Yeah, I gotta I gotta check this thing out because uh, I like the way it sounds. <laughs> I really like that uh, apocalyptic turn that you guys took because uh, I feel like, like we said about you know where this this movie <clears> may go. Um, I think it may turn that route for the sequels. You know, I think we might get a bit of an apocalyptic scenario. So. Uh, I think you're on the right page. It would be interesting. It'd be interesting if if that is how it turned out. Because do you know what though? A few people, like family and friends of ours, have read the books, have read the book, and uh, they've said, oh, "I wish this was a film." And I'm like, I agree a hundred percent. But I know how frustrated I'll be if they go down that route, and we <laughs> <laughs> we can't take any you, credit. You for get it no whatsoever. credit. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be so frustrating. So I hope it doesn't go that route, but as good as, yeah. as cool as it would be. Um, but to be honest, from a fan's perspective, we have written it as fans, yeah. and we have written it for people to read as fans. So they've got every single thing, hopefully, in it. They've got dinosaur battle, there's gore, there's people dying, there's people, ex- there's explosions, there's 
Uh, is, uh, is Ian Malcolm. Ian Malcolm on his own makes the book. Like, it's just his humour. He's, he's, he's Ian Malcolm from the film, sarcastic and yeah. comic, and or from both films. He's a mixture of both, isn't he? He's got the science big head side of him, and also the know-it-all sarcastic side from The Lost World. So he's got a bit of both. Um, he's got Sarah Harding in there. They got you've got um, Doctor Harding from the first film. He's in that. He, sh- he makes an appearance, but he there's a reason why they're going to visit him. It's just it's just a lot of nostalgia. I think that's what we wanted to create really with it. Yeah, yeah. So bring you back, bring you back to to Jurassic Park without the movie. Do you know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Including one scene where Biosyn have hired some what do you call it, like a special ops team to break into John Hammond's mansion in Scotland <laughs> to steal a case of embryos yeah that was a quite a good scene I like that one yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah this thing sounds I, better it makes than me the... want to read my book again <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better than the original uh, Jurassic 4 script um, I, I think it's just so different I don't uh, I, you haven't read that script at all have you Steve no Brad you might want to have to sort of fill Steve in on a few details there <laughs> uh, well let's see it starts off I, I kind of like the um, the uh, intro where the pterodactyls or whatever—I forget which ones they were—just to attack that that baseball field, right? Is that that's what right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that detail. And they try picking a kid up, don't they? And, it, yeah. and it's too heavy I, to uh, carry. I think that's an awesome detail, which is something we could possibly see in the future. Um, and and it takes—I forget what the the characters' names are and, and a lot of the details, but um, the, that main character—he uh, goes back to the island, right, to find uh, the uh, Barbasol can. Yes. And uh, he ends up having to uh, give it over, I think, to uh, Grendel Corporation. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, but that's uh, it's it's it, from there it takes a really bad turn. <laughs> that's where I think it uh, goes off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, I only. I think I only read. I think I only read up to. I think I didn't read as far as what you just said. Literally about after the 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 can. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the dark side of the 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 the, the thing. I don't actually know what happens. You can probably fill me in on that as well because I ha- I haven't even got that far. I'm, I'm actually uh, read it recently up to that bit. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah. And the what's the other, what's them uh, the dinosaurs uh, the, the the underground ones the the ah. Uh... Oh. Almost like raptor type things. Uh, do you mean the compies or? No, 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 not the compies. No, they, they didn't have a, a dinosaur name. They they called them. It was like a like a slasher. So it was like a nickname. I don't remember. Um, ah, uh, what are they called? Um, I think they hunt. They're almost like nocturnal, or they the the whole the ones that live in the holes. Ah, <laughs> oh, my God. Never mind, forget that. Did they that. use, like, spitters or something like that? Did they call them? Yeah. Yeah, it was a nickname. It wasn't actual, um... A, yeah. They didn't say, oh, the Dolophosaurus. It was a it was a nickname for the animal. It wasn't... And it, it the nickname reflected the, the behaviour. Yeah, I don't remember specifically. No, I can't remember but either. That's the point. But they seemed the, pretty creepy. The second half of that, that, um, script was just... It was all over the place, and it, it like flashed from one section of uh, you know a decent script to all of a sudden being terrible and uh, I think they needed to infiltrate some place to save a girl with a, a set of like hybrid raptor things or something and uh, 
yeah, I, I really didn't like it after that, but um, I guess it's worth uh, you know for people to check it out. Yeah, I think um, I think I'll finish it off because I, I was intrigued because obviously this side of it, um, I I don't know what what happened because I haven't got that far. So it, it was getting to the point where I was thinking, okay, this is interesting. It's not what it doesn't sound anything like. A, it sounds like a cool movie. I'd love to watch the film, but as long as it's not Jurassic Park as a title. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, almost like um, where I was heading with a Turok sort of thing. I'd love to see a yeah. Turok film. Love to see a Turok film, but just don't put it in the same category as Jurassic. Yeah. Because I think the whole Jurassic side of things, they've gone on the hybrid route slightly, haven't they? But yeah. Um, but it's still got the, uh, the essence of wonder still at the moment. Yeah, for now. But uh, who knows where it's going to go from here. Thanks for joining me, guys. See you later. This is Tom. This is Jake. And this is Travis. And we are the Drunken Dork Podcast. Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite booze. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, folks, you have one liver. Ruin it well. So earlier in the week, I reached out to everybody via Twitter and Instagram for another poll segment to find out if any of you have written or read any fan fiction pertaining to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. We got some interesting results, so uh, let's check in. Starting off with Twitter, this first one comes from Lord Christine. It says, I breathe Jurassic Park fan fiction. Hashtag T-S-J-P-F-E-W. And then goes on to say that, uh, that stands for, I wrote the silliest Jurassic Park fanfiction ever written. Jay here says, I've written a prequel to Jurassic Park and novelized all three films, working on Jurassic World now. Sickle Claw says, I've written two fanfictions in the novel canon, following immediately the events of the Lost World novel. And Diego Rodriguez says, I've read It's Not the Raptor DNA. That is good too. It's kind of crazy, but good. And Lord Christine's Jurassic World Jurassic Park fanfic is awesome too. And that comment there was followed up directly with at uh, Stormarashi2. It says, Oh, dude, I literally got It's Not the Raptor DNA opened on one of my other tabs. I love it. And also said, Yes, a crossover with Big Hero 6 and Jurassic World. And uh, if you go find this post on our Twitter here, you actually will find a link posted by her to that story for Big Hero 6 and Jurassic World. That sounds really interesting, so I might have to check that out. Now over to Instagram, we have one here from Klingon007JP, and it says, I honestly have not. I wasn't aware that there was any Jurassic Park fanfiction outside of the message boards over at JP Legacy. It would be awesome if they had published fanfiction in bookstores. Now, I know this doesn't count, but when I was growing up, my mom and I would listen to Jurassic Park on tape, narrated by John Hurd, aka the dad from Home Alone. Well, that actually about wraps it up here. I had to cut the responses short due to being away most of the week. 
Um, but I actually decided to utilize the poll function this week on Twitter uh, to settle the question directly. Now, I asked you a yes or no question on whether or not you've read Jurassic Park or Jurassic World fan fiction, and the results were head-to-head, down to the wire, and after 41 votes, it looks like uh, no one. So it seemed like 56% of the people voted they do not read any Jurassic Park fan fiction, with 44% stating yes, they do. Now, I'm really surprised by that answer, knowing the community here, uh, and I'm actually hoping that this episode turns those numbers around. So maybe in the future here, I'll have to run the poll again and see if those results change. But anyway, thank you so much for submitting responses and also for participating in the Twitter poll. Now, if you have any more comments, you can send them via email to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can call our voicemail at 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening to the 28th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank Olivia for joining me here for the first time actually on the podcast uh, and for having a great chat about writing fan fiction. I love how the conversation focused on learning how to partake in writing your own fanfics and actually that we can all write for this franchise as well. Don't forget to follow her on Twitter at Livy Doll and also make sure to go read her work over on Tumblr. I've checked it out and there's some really fun stuff in there to digest. Now, of course, a big thanks to James and Steve from the Jurassic Unicast for discussing their work here on the podcast. I've started reading their story and it's actually super long so make sure to set some time aside because it's actually some really intriguing stuff so far. It's not easy to do what they did so I highly suggest you go check it out. Their Twitter handle is at JP underscore till underscore I underscore die. Also I can't forget to thank everyone who submitted their favorite Jurassic Park fan fiction. This is an outlet that many fans may not know about but now they do. Go find all those stories out there and trust me it's worth it. If you want to interact with us we do most of our work over on twitter at jurassic park pod but we are also on instagram tumblr and Flickr. you can listen to us via itunes stitcher soundcloud podomatic and youtube so make sure to subscribe and give us some reviews over there because it means so much if you give us a review on each one of those platforms it makes it easier for fans like you to find us we're usually spotted commenting on the jurassic park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. Now, if you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.